Hello, beautiful souls. Hello, Annie G here, and welcome to my podcast, Living Sober, where I talk all about being sober, staying sober, and how to deal with our sobriety on an everyday basis. Welcome to anyone who's new, and welcome to anyone who is returning. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I hope you find comfort and guidance here for your sobriety, and always remember that you are not alone in your struggles and in your addictions. Hello everybody, Annie G here, and hello to all you beautiful, blessed souls who are listening to my podcast. As you know, Annie G is here, and that means we are going to talk about everything sobriety. So welcome, welcome everybody to Living Sober, the place where we talk about everything staying sober from drugs or alcohol or any kind of substance or any kind of an addiction. We might even surface a little bit of addictions when it comes to sex, relationships, and emotions because there are addictions of all forms, okay? It's important to remember that. So, I hope you've all been having a good day or night wherever you are in this crazy world. And for this episode, I just wanted to come on and uh, let you guys know and read briefly our AA traditions. So, again, if you have not found your butt into a seat at a meeting, a face-to-face meeting, I am going to encourage you to please have the courage to step up and go, okay? Have the courage for yourself. Have the courage for your sobriety because it is not about listening to podcasts or reading the big book all by yourself. It is about working the program and that means going to the meetings and um, starting to feel comfortable and at place in a meeting. So find your safe place, safe Find, go and find that one meeting that makes you feel very comfortable and at ease. Um, or as much as possible at the beginning anyway, (laughs) because we're never going to be fully comfortable, especially in the beginning, you know, when we're going to the meetings. But yes, definitely find your face-to-face meeting and find yourself a sponsor once you find your everyday meeting, okay? Uh, There are meetings every single day throughout the world, every hour of the day, so there is no excuses, okay? Now, I am this, again, this episode is not going to be on any kind of a step. It's not going to be on um, anything else. I'm just going to review our AA traditions with you guys, all right? So, uh, I am reviewing this in the big book. You can find this in the big book as well. You can also find this um, printed out onto sheets of paper at your face-to-face meetings. So, you don't have to, you know, if you don't have the big book yet, again, if you're at the meeting, just go ahead and tell someone you need the big book and the 12 and 12 and you can get everything you need by just attending a meeting, okay? So for us addicts, I want to just emphasize that going to a face-to-face in-person meeting is very important, okay? And it is vital to our survival and our sobriety for the long term, okay? So Without further ado, I am going to go ahead and read. Now, if you do want to follow along and you do have the big book, um, you can find this on page 561. Um, 
it's by the appendices, but uh, it is the AA tradition. So it is. this is the short form. You will also hear this in your meetings, okay? So when you are there, uh, we do read things aloud because there's always a newcomer. There's always a fresh, someone who's fresh into their sobriety. Uh, you know, it's always someone's day one. And that is when we are the most vulnerable. So it is important for you all to listen and to hear and to go through everything it is that you're going through and to remember that everything happens for a reason and to really allow yourself to reach out to a fellow addict for help because none of our normie friends or family members or anyone around us who is not dealing with addiction none of them can truly understand and none of them can give us the true real guidance that we need as addicts Uh, that's just something that a normie cannot They just can't get it. They're not going to be able to understand and to fully wrap their heads around it. And that's okay. That's totally okay. That's why they're not an addict, you know, and that's okay. It's just important to remember that there's things that you you are going to need these face-to-face meetings, okay? And they're very important. And this is also why we read these things over and over again at the meetings because you never know who's on their day one. You never know who's really on their day where they're really struggling. There's so many people who I've seen have 10 years under their belt and then they're drinking or using and abusing again with drugs. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've just, that's been a wake-up call to me where I'm like, wow, like I hope I don't lose this feeling that I get when I hear of someone losing their sobriety because that's really something I hold on to because that's important. My sobriety means so much to me. It's important to me. Um, And after everything I've gone through to keep myself sober, I would never want to just throw it all away for that first drink or that first drug. I just wouldn't. Um, And that is because I focus on my will and I focus on my sobriety every single day. And that is the difference in just being in the program and working the program. And I got into that in my step two and three season. And you can listen to that episode if you haven't already. Again, do not, uh, you know, get ahead of yourself and do not just skip steps. It is important that you go through steps 1 through 12 on your own with a sponsor and it's important that you have these uh, face-to-face meetings and it's important that you do all of these things. They are for a reason and a purpose and they work and it's important that you just trust the process, okay? So, I'm sorry, without further ado, I am going to go ahead and read to you the AA Traditions. All right, my fellow alcoholics and addicts. <laughs> yeah, where y'all at? No. <laughs> I, I truly do hope that you guys are at a place where you are finally able to accept that you have a problem, <clears throat> excuse me, and that, you know, we cannot drink and use like other people can. You know, if you're doing something every day, all day, you have a problem. Whatever that thing is, you know, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank, you know, whatever it is, that's an addiction. And that's never a good thing. So here is the AA traditions, okay? So to those 
to those now in its fold, oh, I'm sorry, and you could again find this in the big book if you want to follow along on page 561, 561, okay? So again, in the big book, the AA traditions, and this is the short version. Um, I do have the long version as well, but I'm going to go ahead and read you the simple version, okay? So here it is. So to those now in its fold, Alcoholics Anonymous has made the difference between misery and sobriety. And often the difference between life and death. AA can, of course, mean just as much to unca uh, uncounted alcoholics not yet reached. Therefore, no society of men and women ever had a more urgent need for conscious effectiveness and permanent unity. Okay? Remember, unity. That's what the uh, meetings are about. Okay? Unity. We alcoholics see that we must work together and hang together else most of us will finally die alone because as as addicts our addiction will be the end of us one day sooner or later whether we are ready to admit that to ourselves or not um i'm, I'm saying that that's not written in the book right now but i'm just saying that as a side note um it's important to remember that um our addictions will sooner or later be the end of us if we don't um stick to our sobriety <clears throat> and to our healing Excuse me, where is my tea? I think I need to drink a little bit of tea. Hold on. Ooh, sorry, you guys. Throat's getting dry. All right. So um, I'm going to go ahead and continue the reading now. So the 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous are we AAs believe the best answer to our experience I'm sorry, I'm going to read that again. The 12 traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous are, we AAs believe, the best answers that our experience has yet given to those ever urgent questions. How can AA best function? And how can AA best stay whole and so survive? On the next page, AA's 12 traditions are seen in their so-called short form. So I just told you I'm going to give you the simple form and this is what it is. It's generally used today. This is a condensed version of the original long form. And again, I can always give you guys the long form, but I don't think uh, you're going to really care to listen to that too much. So I think that's something you'll get in your face-to-face -face meetings. So I'm just going to give you the brief version. Um, anyway, so this is a condensed form and the traditions as first printed. Uh, so these traditions were first printed in 1946. Uh, so the long form is more explicit and of possible historic value. It is also reproduced. Okay, so here we go with the 12 traditions. I just want to go ahead and take a couple seconds to remind all of my fellow listeners that if you are enjoying this episode and enjoying my podcast here on Living Sober, to please remember that any and all of your support is appreciated and you can go ahead and show your support uh, with monthly donations right here. Um, there is no no minimum or maximum, no matter how big or small. I appreciate all of the support that you are willing and able to show to me and my little podcast here. I am here just trying to help each and every single one of you. And behind the scenes, there is a lot that goes in on making these uh, go live for all of you. All of these episodes takes a lot of time, effort, and money, and any and all donations are very much so appreciated and welcomed. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for choosing you and your sobriety and for listening. And thank you for your support monthly and just for listening. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. 
So the first tradition is our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God or higher power, as we may express them to be in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Now, before I continue, I want to quickly come back to um, the seventh tradition where it says that every AA group uh, ought to be self-supporting and declining outside contributions. Now, when you do go to your face-to-face meetings, you will see either, um, I think it's like by the, I mean, meetings are different. Some people do it at the beginning. Some people do it at the end. But in general, at some point, in the meeting you are going to notice there's like a bucket or a basket or something being handed out where people are putting like a dollar or some change or something into that basket um now um you are not obligated to put any money into this basket but i want you to understand that this basket that is being handed around this is just because um again the aa meetings those specific meetings are being um they're they're being uh they're being held for us by these people who are you know it's there's no outside help so it's all from self contributions it's all put uh, us addicts putting our our money into it um so it could survive uh because realistically as sad as it is um I mean, if if it was if there was outside contributions, uh, those people who did have contributions to the AA uh, would then um, create it into some kind of an organization or something that it's not. So that is why to us addicts, it is very important that there is no outside um, uh, outside contributions coming in because AA is meant to be AA for a reason. It's meant these steps are meant for a reason and outside contribution might mean someone coming in and trying to change the program into something that it's not. And it has been working since the 19th century for a reason and it's important for us not to touch it, okay? Um, so yes, so when you see when you see the basket being handed around, that's what that is. It's just people, you know, giving a dollar or whatever, however much they want um, into that basket for that meeting to keep going uh, so that those people could pay the rent for that specific meeting. Like I said in uh, the previous um, episode, uh, the, you know, there's a meeting every hour and each meeting is different and each meeting is organized and held by a different person. And these people, each of these people are responsible for each of their uh, hourly meetings and um, you know the paying their rent for that hourly meetings um, for everything that's needed 
for the meeting uh, is, you know, that, uh, that all comes into play and it's all a domino effect. So that is, that, that's why you're going to see the basket. Again, you're not obligated to put in any money or anything, you know, but people just put in a couple, like a dollar or two or some change even. Like I've seen people put like 50 cents in, like, you know, just whatever that you can or feel comfortable contributing as an addict. And usually uh, the people who are court ordered, obviously, um, we're, we're, we always tell them like you do not need to contribute anything uh it's just for us fellow real alcoholics or addicts um so yes without further ado i'm gonna get into now uh the the ninth tradition um or where are we seven did i say eight let me say eight just in case i skipped it so the seven was that contribution that was like contribution um so the eighth tradition is alcoholics anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers and these special workers are of course our fellow addicts uh that's why they're special workers because we have firsthand experience as addicts that other people do not have just like a doctor has a degree that other people don't have we addicts have a a certain thing that other people don't have this knowledge this sense of knowing understanding uh in order to hold a fellow addict's hand and to walk them out through their process you know this is very important so that's where the special workers come into play that's why it's called special because you know we are special so uh, tradition nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio and films anonymity is of course very important if someone doesn't want to tell you that they're an addict they don't have to tell you they're an addict their anonymity is very important um you know so you don't have to tell people around you that you have a drinking problem you just have to say oh i don't drink i i you know i don't you know whatever like you you are not obligated to give anybody an excuse or a reason or um an explanation okay you don't have to uh you're not obligated so your anonymity is something that is very important to you and to all of us addicts. And it's important that you value that. And even if the people around you don't value it, um, express it to them nicely that, hey, like as, you know, as, you know, a fellow, if you do want to say addict or whatever, you need to just say as a part of um, me not drinking or using anymore, you need to respect my anonymity. You know, if I don't want to call myself an addict or an alcoholic to you, you need to respect that, you know, even though you're going to meetings and you well know that you're an addict and an alcoholic you don't have to express that to people when you don't want to who are normies um you know who are not fellow addicts you don't have to because some people just don't understand and that's okay you know um that's the whole part of the anonymity and now we get into the 12th tradition, the final tradition. Uh, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities, which covers what basically I was just saying. So those are, those, that's a short form of the 12 traditions in our AA. Um, and I just wanted to read that for you guys. Again, you can find that in the big book on page 561, 561. Um, and I just wanted to read that briefly and also get into a little bit of the next, uh, the second part of AA, which is the spiritual experience. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about the process 
um, of a program uh, and really kind of what what it's all about in a way. And so the second part uh, does have to do with the spiritual experience. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and continue reading on page 567 in the big book uh, on the second part of spiritual experience. So the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change, the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yes, it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of a sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed um, at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such as transformations, thought though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the different the difference long before uh, the he or she is themselves. Uh, they finally realize that they are undergoing a profound alteration in their reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by themselves alone. We often take place in a few months Sorry, what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With a few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Uh, our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing their problems in the light of our experience can and does recover, provided that they do not close their minds to spiritual concepts. They can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance and belligerent denial. We find that no one needs uh, no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. These are a principle, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is con contempt prior to investigation. And Herbert Spencer is the one who says that. So, that brings me to the third, is the medical views on AA. The medical views on AA, I think I might actually get into that in a later one. But you know what? No, I'll get into it now. So the medical view on AA, I'll read it. So 
As we see here in the big book on page 569, the medical view on AA. Since Dr. Silkworth's first endorsement of Alcoholics Anonymous, medical societies and physicians throughout the world have set their approval upon us. Following our excerpts from the comments of doctors present at the annual meeting of the Medical Society of the State of New York where a paper on AA was read, Dr. Foster Kennedy, neurologist, quote, this organization of Alcoholics Anonymous calls on two of the greatest greatest reservoirs of power known to man, religion and that instinct for association with one's fellows, the herd instinct. I think one... Uh, Sorry, I think our profession must take appreciative cognizance of this great therapeutic weapon. If we do not do so, we shall stand convicted of emotional sterility and of having lost the faith that moves mountains, without which medicine can do little. End quote. Okay, and another doctor, Dr. G. Gerby Collier, a psychiatrist, um, said, quote, I have felt that AA is a group onto themselves and their best results can be had under their own guidance as a result of their philosophy. Any therapeutic or philosophic pro procedure which can prove a recovery rate of 50 to 60 percent must merit our consideration, end quote. Another uh, psychiatrist, Dr. Harry M. Tybout, quotes, uh, as a psychiatrist, I have thought a great deal about the relationship of my specialty to AA, and I have come to the conclusion that our particular function can very often lie in preparing the way for the patient to accept any sort of treatment or outside help. I now conceive the psychiatrist's job to be the task of breaking down the patient's inner resistance so that which is inside him will, will flower as under the activity of the AA program. End quote. All right, so let's see. We're almost done here. Um, another doctor, W.W. W. Bauer, broadcasting under the auspicious auspices of the American Medical Association in 1946. Sorry, I have things highlighted, so some, some things are hard for me to, to read because of the highlight, so I apologize. But So yeah, the American Medical Association in 1946 over the NBC network said in part, Alcoholics Anonymous are no crusaders, not a temperance society, they know that they must never drink. They help others with similar problems. In this atmosphere, the alcoholic often overcomes uh, his excessive concentration upon himself, learning to depend upon a higher power and absorb himself in his work with other alcoholics. He remains sober day by day. The days add up into weeks and the weeks into months and years. End quote. Another doctor, a psychiatrist, Dr. John F. Stufer, he's a chief psychiatrist in Philadelphia General Hospital, um, says, in quote, the alcoholics we get here at Philadelphia General are mostly those who cannot afford private treatment, and AA is by far the greatest thing we have been able to offer them. Even among those who occasionally land back in, in here again, we observe a profound change in personality. You would hardly recognize them. End quote. The American Psychiatric Association requested in 1949 that a paper be prepared by one of the 
older members in Alcoholics Anonymous to be read at the association's annual meeting of that year. This was done and the paper was printed in the American Journal of Psychiatrics, uh, Psych- Psychiatry sorry, for November 1949. Uh, this address is now available in pamphlet form at nominal cost through most AA groups or from Box 459 Grand Central Station, New York, 10163 under the title Three Talks to Medical Societies by Will W., formerly called Bill on alcoholism and earlier alcoholism the illness so yes as you can see there's a lot of medical uh, med- uh doctors and psychiatrists and uh people who study the brain um you know neurologists who definitely see how much aa has worked they've been seeing it since the 40s and they're continuing to see it today um so i just those are just things i wanted to read for you guys uh just a couple things you know the spiritual experience and um, the medical outlook and the traditions. I just wanted to um, introduce you guys to all of that. Uh, So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got a little information. Uh, These are, again, things you are going to hear in your AA meetings. Um, Everything I say you're going to hear in your meetings, uh, pretty much. So, yeah. I hope you guys stay sober. I hope you guys choose to stay sober for another day. And I hope you guys choose your sobriety every single day. Bless you. Blessed be. And until next time, I love you all very much. And I hope that you're finding yourself to love yourself. Okay. Find time to love yourself. Bye, everybody.